Serbia's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my face? You like it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, where we might occasionally trip over our teammates, but we can always find a way to limp to the end and make some good points. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Stuart Greenwood, and I'm and you join us. I, I'm Stuart Greenwood, and I'm joined with by my co-hosts Chris Evans. Hi, <laughs> that was a shambles, and uh, Tom King. <laughs> At least this odds to your nice intro of we trip over each other sometimes, but yeah, we yeah. always make good points. Well, it's almost like it was planned. Um, <laughs> and you join us today as we begin to try to piece together all the action from Azerbaijan, and may I be the first to say, well done, Baku. Well done, in Baku. Ver- <laughs> in inverted commas, obviously. Um, because that was an absolute barnstormer of a race um, this is the race everyone expected last year and never yeah. happened yeah um of, and where do we start well is there really anywhere else you can start i suppose the start would be the place to start um, let's start at the start okay let's not talk about the obvious thing for just a <laughs> little bit um yeah well, I, I, I mean i was thinking about start opening with a summary but there really is no way of summarising this race because there's just no, so, no. so much to go through. So, I think we'll do what we can to get to the incident, as we will refer to it, the incident. Yeah, um, that's a good Without idea. mentioning the incident, because once we start on the incident, <laughs> that will run us to the end of the episode. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so let's talk about as much as we can that's okay. not the incident. <laughs> so I will, I will blast through the laps up to the incident then. So... <laughs> We had a we had a quite a clean start off the line for the guys at the front. It looked like um, up until turn two, where Bottas uh, ran over the curbs and collided with Raikkonen again. Um, again, it's it's like they are magnetically attracted to each other. Those it teams. really is. It might be a countryman thing. You know, they're yeah, they're from maybe. the same place. Yeah, they want to be in the same car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally push each other's cars into one. Um, and he gave himself a puncture in doing so, and he put himself one lap down as Vettel slipped through into second. Um, yeah, it's a it's a very long, very fast track to have to limp all the way back home, isn't it? Yes, yes. It Normally, a puncture so. at turn one will put you to the back, but you can sometimes make it around without being overtaken. But he was a clear lap down after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just behind those guys, Kvyat went off. Um, he sort of didn't bother s- turning, did he? For turn yeah. one, he carried on going. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and as he came back onto the track, almost collected uh, science. Uh, so yeah, um, he almost collected science. Science had to take a void in yeah. action, spun, and then Palmer almost collected science. Yeah, it was. They actually never got that close together. It almost looked like it just kind of spooked science, and he just sort of overreacted to it. I, I, it's weird because if I think I'd have reacted the same way science would in, uh, did in that situation, where. I can see a car steaming back up onto the track, up yeah. the inside between me and the barriers. And yeah, there was probably about a car's width there, but he kind of positioned himself for his corner exit. And then he suddenly can see this car coming at him. Because Kvyat kept his foot in that all the way yeah. through. It's yeah. like, nope, this is my individual line for the corner. <laughs> I'm unique. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that Kvyat should have maybe backed off in that scenario personally. But yeah. I think so. It was one one of many WTF moments in this race. <laughs> yeah. um, Ricardo um, didn't have a great opening lap either. He uh, he seemed to sort of get muscled over onto the dirty stuff, and he was struggling for grip for a while. Um, and then he got debris in one of as, as a result of being in the dirt. He got debris in one of his brake ducts, and he had to make mm. an early stop on lap five. Um, yeah, he, he was kind of nursing it on the brakes for a while, wasn't he? Yeah. Before they brought him in to to make the change. Yeah, and that so they brought him in on lap five from ninth position, and he came out of the pits in seventeenth place. From there, he, he they sorted out his problem, and he started picking his way through the fields field, and he did overtake two cars in one on more than one occasion. That was the first occasion. <laughs> yeah, the first of a couple. On the first occasion, did it? It was Sainz and Ericsson at turn one, and um, yeah. and so began his charge in earnest. Um. Further along in the race, uh, a barge board seemed to come off Verstappen's Red Bull and it hit the Ferrari behind, the, of Raikkonen, 
and no one really seemed to pick up on it on in the commentary that I saw. Well, on the on the Sky commentary anyway. But yeah, it was the, I think that was one of the stages where it was so frantic, like it was impossible to actually keep track of everything going on at once. Yeah, they were, yeah. They were struggling to keep the track clean at one point, weren't they? Yeah, um, but well, it was a sign of things to come because yeah. uh, that was the first occasion I think where a piece of debris was in the track, and and there were many more occasions to follow. Um, so he got debris in his radiator, as it turned out. Verstappen and uh, is um, that what it was? Yeah, well, it, I think it might have been a contributing factor. Because it can't it have helped. Yeah, it was oil pressure yeah. in the end, so that had point to overheating. Um, and it was on lap twelve where he eventually retired just before the safety car came out. So annoyed with that. So annoyed. Yeah. It's just getting to the point now. It's like just, oh, just it's it's almost as annoying as the Honda thing. It's like just let him finish a race because he'll. Him win one. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you this actually. The first of many um, fun facts and stats I've got lined Go. up here. Do it. With that retirement, uh, McLaren have now completed more racing laps than Red Bull this season. No really? way. Yeah. What? Uh, with McLaren finishing that race with both cars, another Verstappen retirement. The, the thing is, though, how many laps Verstappen done in the last two weekends? It's been what? Yeah. 20 tops? Yeah, exactly. Mm. So. Uh, Red Bull are bottom of the list on 685. McLaren are next on 716. Wow. Well, that's an the... interesting curveball yeah. statistic. Yeah, that's a great statistic. So uh, for Verstappen, that would be his fourth retirement of the season. And that's the third time the car has failed on him on reliability grounds. Um, he had suspension damage in Spain due to a collision with, you guessed it, Bottas and Raikkonen. <laughs> Um, yeah, the one that was that one, uh, not really his fault. That one either is it? That no, one, that's what was more annoying about that is he was an innocent passenger in that whole incident between the Finns again. Yeah, yeah. Um, he gave us a really fun radio message though with his retirement, which was "Here we go again, Jeff." <laughs> Jeff being a swear word. <laughs> Joelan Palmer, um, he retired shortly after that with a with a car failure of his with an engine failure of his own. Um, he reckons he hasn't done more than 30 laps all weekend. Uh, yeah, shocker, didn't he? Yeah, Renault not doing much to help their struggling driver there, it seems, it feels like. The other one obviously ended up retiring eventually further down the line, didn't he? So, um, yeah, oh, no, yeah. that was his own fault. Ignore yeah, it, it, it yeah. was his own fault, that one. That was a, uh, he punted the right front into a wall. Yeah. He jeffing jeffed his front right was i think the uh that it was honestly it actually made me laugh the most of anything in that race i think just because <laughs> it was like i'm effing out oh no sorry i effing crashed oh no nico what's got what's happened i effing effed the effing right it's <laughs> <laughs> like it was just quality absolute quality Jolan palmer's that's his third retirement of the season um it feels like more <laughs> it does feel like more um, it does a lot of his retirements haven't... In fact, I don't think any of his retirements have necessarily been his fault. He had breaks in Australia. Um, there was a Grosjean collision in Russia, which I suppose maybe he was partly to blame for. Um, and then I can't even remember was, that one, to be honest. Turn one incident, back. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, he's actually had better results on average so far this season than last. But wow. um, the difference being is the his performance relevant to relative to his teammate is uh, yeah. less less good yeah. this season. Um, and the car's technically a better car, so yeah, you, would, you, you the expectations higher. I think not yeah. just that Hulkenberg's doing better, but the fact that the car is noticeably better with yeah, what Hulkenberg's it, doing with it. It's capable of more, isn't it? That's yeah, for sure. But. That's uh yeah that's our brief we'll keep we'll have to keep it brief on Palmer this week because <laughs> there's a lot to get through. Um, so Hamilton continues his uh, continues to build a gap at the front at this point. So it all settles down. It's quite civil civilized, and we're only like ten laps in, really. But it just started to calm down. But then Kvyat had a uh, had an issue causing stock stop on the track, and they ran around for a little bit, but they eventually had to bring out the safety car. Um, can, I, first- can I take this point to? say how abysmal the marshals were for the entire weekend yeah they they weren't great but i also think that the um the 
ta- track construction, let's call it, was not the most ideal. I know they're limited because it's a street circuit, but to I me, guess. they look to be nowhere near enough entry and exit points no, not at all. For, for cars yeah. to get on and off the track. Or cranes anywhere. Crazy. Like if yeah. The way Kvyat's car stopped in that sort of place, if that was Monaco, it would have been mm. gone by the time the cars came around for the next lap. Like yeah. all weekend, they've taken minutes and minutes to clear cars. They've been bumbling. It was bizarre. Yeah, what, what I thought was hilarious about the Toro Rosso sort of uh, cleanup was the way they had, um, I don't know if you saw the sky footage, but they had uh, the, is it Franz Tost, the guy? Um, yeah. Yeah. Toro Rosso, they, had, was, it, they had him yeah. on the radio <laughs> and uh, you could basically, see, they were just bumbling around with this car, knocking it into walls. It was yeah. bishing and bashing all over the place. Yeah. And it was just that like, was, right, uh, well, I hope they bring it back in one piece. They did it to a few cars, apparently. I think a few teams complained about they were getting cars back in a worse condition than they were when they stopped out on track. Yeah. Well, there was no like damage essentially to Kvyat, was there? It was an electrical no. failure. He had a, he had a com- literal a complete electrical failure. Yeah. Much like what happened to um, Verstappen actually in Canada. That's exactly what happened to him, isn't it? Mm. I believe. So. Mm. Also with Renault engines, is that right? Toro Rosso yeah. Renault yeah. engines out this season. Yeah. yeah, that Renault engine, not much better than the Honda, as far as I can tell. Well, it's got it's got some performance to it, hasn't it? Though that's the difference. It's it's a little bit like that point I sort of raised. I think it was last week where I said, if you at least had some performance in the Honda, you'd be slightly more forgiving of it. Yeah. And at least the Renault in the back of the, something like the Red Bull, which is a good package, like what the McLaren seems to be. Is well, it's literally winning a race, albeit circumstantial, but it's won a race. So it's not terrible, but it's got reliability issues. And the Honda's suffering because it's terrible in both parts reliability and performance. Absolutely. So uh, the safety car came out. Um, Most cars piled into the pit. I think most, if not all, cars piled into the pits. Yeah, I think uh, so. For fresh tyres, yeah. it was just it was a bit of a no-brainer at that Stroll point. stayed out a little bit longer than anyone else, but he came in eventually as well, didn't he? Yeah, um, and my my word, did he have a big lock-up on the way into the pits. Yeah, yeah. I'm amazed he slowed smoke. that down. Yeah, managed to avoid a penalty there. He got it slowed down. Um, mm. Safety car was a bit on the lengthy, sli- lengthy side just because it took him ages to get that car Yeah, because I was stood looking the at the car. Sorry, I'm being yeah, angry yeah. at the marshals again. Yeah. <laughs> it's... It's a weird one, though, because whether he had much choice in it, Kvyat didn't help him a huge amount, considering he parked it on the opposite side of the... I know he's trying to get it off the racing line, but yeah, I think... I don't know, it's all circumstantial. It'd be interesting to see his onboard as to when it failed, because I think there's better places he could have put it, and I understand the logic of getting it off the racing line, but it was just in a terrible position, because they had no choice but to get the, the tractor thing across the track, pick him up... And then get it back across the track, like, and that just made things even worse. Yeah. It, it looked, it didn't, it didn't look like a very easy job, did it? I mean, they've got a tough no. job these guys no. as well because it's a very, very high danger situation when you've got that many cars weaving around the track in an enclosed space like that. Can I just um, say the one thing that they were really, really trigger happy on, a little bit like the guys in Formula E the other week, is the fire extinguishers. <laughs> like, did you not notice that every time a car stopped, some marshal came out with a foam fire extinguisher and was just like, okay, this could get on fire. <laughs> Hosing it. Is down there enough foam fire. in the back of that car? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I don't know, it just seemed OTT. Someone had a failure in qualifying, might be one of the Toro Rossos, and one of them just seemed to blast blast the foam all over the side of the side pod for no apparent reason yeah <laughs> somebody got a load it. of it in the face as well but that really? might have been yeah. F- yeah i think that might have been one of the f2 races though and there was a car <laughs> being craned away and while this car was being craned away um somebody came underneath it and just got <laughs> literally a face full of foam it sounds, like, it sounds like the tango man's running around just blasting <laughs> that's a that's a reference yeah, Ask your parents under the age of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for um, younger listeners. <laughs> so uh, during this safety car period, Vettel was visibly, I thought, very very close to Hamilton. He was right up his exhaust yep. pipe a number of times, um, which we'll understand the consequences of later on. Um, mm. well, we all we all do anyway, but we'll get to it. <laughs> um, Perez was actually running at third at this point as well. 
um, for the Force yep. Indias. They were uh, they were in the pound seats, as it were, at this point. Ocon was right behind him as well, I think, at that point, yeah. wasn't he? I think yeah, they, they were third were and fourth. Three, four, they were running, yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, Bottas was released to unlap himself, crucially, for the for the result of the race. Yeah. Um, hitting debris in the process, but luckily he managed mm. to avoid a puncture. Um, so the race restarts, Hamilton leads them off, um, he, he, and he came very, very close to overtaking yep. the safety car in the process. Um, he was I, adamant he didn't at the, at the time. Yeah, he was, but I think he was just, it was, like, it was one of those pressure things, wasn't it? It was just like, he sounded like he didn't want to be distracted too much at that point because he had Vettel really, yeah. really up his uh, exhaust pipe. I liked him um, during the second safety car period, uh, his engineer said, you were a little bit closer to the safety car last time, so be careful. And Hamilton was like, no, I wasn't. I had yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that, that was it. But then the, then the that, engineer was like, all right then. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, race restarts, more bits fly off cars on the main straight. I think it was Raikkonen's car that had a barge board come off. Um, yeah. Safety car comes straight back out before they even complete the lap, and everyone struggles with tyre temperatures at this point as well. Because they're running behind the safety yeah. car, they can't get heat in the tires. Tires are known to be too hard. Were they on the? They've been on the softs at that point, weren't they? The yellow stripe. Yes, most the majority yeah. of people at that point were on softs. There are a yeah. few running on the super softs, but about the the rest. There's about six on the super softs. The rest of them on yeah. the softs. Um, and uh, it was during this second safety car period that um, that Vettel was once again probably I think a little bit too close to Hamilton. As they were going around a corner, mm-hmm. um, and I think, I mean, you, everyone's going to have an opinion on this, and this is a big, this is probably the biggest talking point of the thing. So we'll get into it now. Um, I, my own opinion is that he was a bit too close to him, and he tried to sort of preempt him, ruin, ruin away with it. He wanted because he wanted to get that run on him, and um, just went into the back of him. <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah. then of course. As we all know, he once he'd gone into the back of him, he went alongside him and barged into him again on purpose, and um, yeah, that was that's what happened. So let's talk about that. Well, I mean, the thing is, the safety car was still only a couple of car lengths ahead, so it's not like Hamilton was about to bolt. He didn't need to be that close behind no. him. And the that's the true. other thing to consider as well is, depending on where Hamilton actually knew he was in relation to the safety car and the first safety car line the previous occasion. If he's been told you were almost overtaking it before the safety car line, mm-hmm. you need to be a bit more careful. He is possibly yeah. going to let off just a little bit more. Because exactly. you know full well if it had been the other way and he'd have gone and hit the line before the safety car, Ferrari would have been straight on that in, if yeah. roles were reversed and he'd gone quicker. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I don't know, just looking at the onboard, I don't think he's done anything wrong. I can't he didn't see do it. anything wrong. Absolutely. They've had the telemetry back and the telemetry says he, he didn't pull his brakes. I've not seen I've not actually seen the official like FIA report on it, which doesn't seem to exist, which is weird, but from what people have said online, it shows that yes, he was slower than he was under the, at that point under the previous uh, safety car restart, but he also didn't break. There was no dramatic yeah. lifts. It was still very much within what you do as the leading the- car. The thing that I noticed, this is what this is literally just what I personally noticed about the scenario from both watching Hamilton's on board and Vettel's on board is that in that particular corner where it occurred, at the apex, Hamilton breaks through the apex and trails the brakes to keep them warm. Mm. Now, I've since heard ex-professional F1 drivers such as Damon Hill, Johnny Herbert... Martin Brundle and whoever else spoke to Sky Sports saying that's perfectly acceptable. Nearly every single driver will do that in a corner like that Mm. behind the safety car is what they do. But then he comes away from the slow apex where he's trailing the brakes and all it is is he just doesn't get his foot straight down. He doesn't go straight for for the fast pedal. He just doesn't pull away. Whereas Vettel, to me, appears to try and go and Hamilton's not gone. So he's not slowed down and brake checked him, I don't think, but he's also not pulled away. So if Vettel was paying enough attention, he'd have seen he wasn't pulling away and just coasted out of the corner the same as he was. Yeah. And I it's, think that's where it all comes from. When when you're the car behind and the safety car is out, it is your responsibility to not go into the car ahead of you. 
It's as yeah. simple yeah. as that. You have to keep enough distance, enough distance, so that you can avoid that happening. So, because because obviously they're going to be slowing down, speeding up, slowing down, speeding up, and mm-hmm. um, even in the safety car period before it, leading up to it. Vettel was really, really, really close to Hamilton on a number yeah. of occasions, too close to him. And there, there was just no need for him to be getting as close as that. So it, it, it was, I think it was entirely Vettel's fault. And then what he did after, the the ramming of him, there was just no excuse for that. Yeah, it, that is uncalled for. Regardless of whose fault the incident in the corner is with Vettel hitting him from behind, regardless of what, caused that and why it happened and whose fault it was and all that stuff going alongside another car and directly ramming it is not acceptable in the same way that Maldonado tried to do it to Hamilton yeah whenever it was in spa with when when Hamilton tried to overtake him because he was on a hot lap in quality Maldonado going and doing that to him afterwards was again unacceptable yeah. like even if we give Vettel the benefit of the doubt and he pulled alongside him to gesticulate and he only had one hand on the wheel, he got the angle wrong, and they bumped wheels. Complete accident. Even if we give him that complete benefit of the doubt, there is no reason for him to be there. That is not where your car is supposed to be, behind the safety car. And considering that you're not supposed to overtake the lead car, I'm pretty sure if you got the timing right, you'd probably see a moment where Vettel is consequently ahead of Hamilton. So there's another rule break there. Regardless of if the fact that he took his hands off the wheel to gesture, and that's caused the bump and it's accidental in inadvertent mm. commas it's caused him to overtake the lead car so it's dangerous driving no matter how you look yeah, at it and what definitely. spin you put on it I think he got off very very lightly so this is mm. the next thing do so Maldonado did this as well Maldonado did slightly worse things twice and on both occasions, I think he got a ten-place penalty for the subsequent race. I think he got. I think Spa, the incident in qualifying that I specifically referred, if I remember rightly, Hamilton got a reprimand for diving yeah. up the inside of Maldonado, which enraged him a little. And then Maldonado got something like a five or a ten-place grid penalty because mm. it was during qualifying, so they could obviously apply it to the yeah. race that was consequently coming up. However, if it happened in a race and the penalty is five-place, ten-place grid penalty, apply it to the next race. You know, if don't don't try and make something up on the spot. If that is the penalty for something, then it applies to the next. It's the same as the science thing, but I suppose he was out of the race, so that's why you apply mm. a grid penalty because... He's already out of the race, so you can't you can't affect his current race. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, so. again, reading earlier, I don't know how much this is completely accurate, but I've read that in terms of the penalties that the stewards have available to them, the next one they could have done was a disqualification. Which, I mean, the argument's there that he should have been black flagged for that. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you the went, argument is definitely there. If you went karting with, if you if you're a young racer and you're karting and you ram your cart into other people on purpose, you're getting black flagged for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I know I know it's grown up racing. I know it's not karting, and I know Formula One cars probably a lot more safe at those speeds than karts. But, but even so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, rules are rules. You, you don't the, smash into each other. The, the other purpose. thing, the other thing with it as well that I will still happily say I'm very suspicious about and suspect of is they took all the time that they did to deliberate what to do with him about it, and they were yes. investigating it. And then Hamilton has this issue with his headrest, which mm. means he needs to he he's he's doing 220 miles an hour down the back straight, one handed <laughs> trying to put this headrest back in and then downshift into a corner and he's struggling with this to avoid having to come in because obviously he knows that's going to kill his race. Ultimately, they say to him, look, you're not fixing it back into a satisfactory standard. On safety grounds, you're going to have to come in and change that. That message is relayed to him from the team, then literally within 30 seconds of that happening, Sebastian Vettel, 10-second stop-go penalty, which is, funnily enough, what, 0.07 seconds more than what Hamilton ended up stopping to fix his thing. Somewhat it was somewhat timing, almost it? identical. And it just, I don't know, it it stinks to me of they may have done something more serious after the race had Hamilton still won. Um, 
if Hamilton had gone on to win that race, I've just got a f- horrible feeling that they would have done something different with Vettel. And the second that Hamilton had to come in, which basically would have given the race to Vettel if he'd have just kept it on the black mm. stuff, there would have been even more controversy. And it would have been, it, it was more of a case of, right, he, he can't win this race. If Hamilton's coming in, we've got to do something about it now. And that was the most they could do there and then. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a real shame that that actually happened, wasn't it? Because he was on for yeah. a, a, quite a. I don't know whether he would have won it, whether Vettel would have got past him, because at that point in the race, Vettel was probably on the pace, and and it sort of it could have gone either way at that point, I guess. But yeah, it was. It's obviously you don't want to see these races sorted out by uh, technical matters such as that. I yeah, yeah. it's. <sighs> it was it was really shocking, like that I've not yeah. seen. A driver do anything like that in a long time especially not a four-time world champion i think it was and i think even worse was when they then said you've got a penalty and he came on the radio saying when did i do dangerous driving yeah like, you know exactly what you did yeah. mate. it's it's that i think that even after the fact is what's starting to annoy yeah. me more as a fan yeah. is this kind of this trump-esque fake news alternative <laughs> yeah. truth kind of thing that he's got going on it's like because he was directly asked you, you were given a dangerous driving penalty for hitting him and his response was yeah but he slowed down in front of me so of yeah. course I'm going to hit the back of him he's like you know full well that he's n-. and it, then it was yeah, yes the but then you went alongside him and he his response to yes but then you went alongside him was yes I went alongside him to gesture to tell him I wasn't happy with what he'd just done it's like you, but you then hit him and then he <laughs> somehow found a way out of that without admitting that he'd hit him yeah he didn't help his situation it's plain for <sighs> the world to see what he did Everyone knows what he did. I've, I've actually seen online people trying to defend him. I've seen people say, oh, the car accidentally went... In, he didn't have both hands on the wheel. The car accidentally went into... That's dangerous two. driving. Yeah, that's uh, A, that's dangerous driving. Yeah. B, he had one hand on the wheel and he clearly steers his wheel into him to, to ram him. And he goes out, he really hit him hard. He bounced three wheels off the road. He hit him so hard. Yeah. The, the thing is, it comes back to what me and Chris were saying before, which is regardless of if he'd hit him on purpose or by accident, mm. the fact that he's put himself in that position with one or no hands on the wheel to bump him accidentally, that's that's still dangerous driving, so it still deserves yeah. a penalty. Yeah, absolutely. Whether you're a Vettel fan or not. And in, in recent years, I'd started to warm to the guy and I'd, I'd, I'd yeah, started to, to think maybe he's not as bad as we first thought he was. And I don't know, this has just kind of undone all that yeah, it's, good it's, stuff it's, about him. He's shown himself off to be a bit of a baby, hasn't he? With, uh, it is. It's quite mm, childish. It's... Mm. Is it worth at this point seeing what listeners think? Just because yes, we're heavily into it. Yeah. 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 So I put it out to Facebook followers and Twitter followers and stuff and said, what are your opinions of it? And to be honest, I don't think there was a defence for Vettel in amongst anybody <laughs> that, that responded uh, in any way really but it started with the guys at that's life who basically said where to start to begin with what vettel did is dangerous it may have been low speed but it's the principle and secondly it's disrespectful and unsporting and then finally it's childish and he simply has lost his head um i find the 10 second stop go penalty is not enough for the simple fact it was deliberate drivers may run in run into each other a lot but he meant this uh, this is poor from Vettel, and I'm hoping Lewis puts him in his place. So then I said, what do you think about him acting like it never happened? To which uh, they responded, uh, laughed at his comment of, when did I drive dangerously when he got the penalty? Uh, I think the next race, uh, he will have to be a little bit more honest with himself. Yep, completely agree with that. Um, Speaking of the next race, just to interject, that now leaves him on nine penalty points. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 12 is an automatic race ban. Uh, mm-hmm. Although three of those expire after the next race, so as long as he behaves himself I think in Austria, I think he'll be all right. Got, I think he's got two that drop off at yeah um, at, at Silverstone because that's where he earned them and they last for a year. Yeah, um, he has. He but has basically, been... if he does something extremely naughty in Austria, he's not going to see the British race. He has more points than anyone currently has or has have ever had. Um, <laughs> a record, a record. I'm sure he would have preferred not to have broken. 
I also uh, out of interest, that... somebody did ask me how many. Does anyone know how many points Hamilton's got on his license that are active for the last twelve months? And I, I genuinely don't know the answer to that question. It's a great I was question, actually. Hoping one of you two might have managed to dig it out, but if not, it's fine. I know that um, it's only Ricardo and Stroll on the grid who've never had any. Hmm. They've all been naughty Str- boys. Of one I'm inter- uh, That's interesting because that means Stroll's never been held solely responsible for any of his yeah. accidents. Or anything. Mm. Then again, a lot of his accidents are just with the wall, aren't they? Not yeah, with anyone. Yeah, else. A, lot of, yeah, a few of his accidents have been just yeah. Uh, ah, here we go. Uh, Hamilton currently has two, according to this. Does it happen to say what they were for and when? He doesn't know. Yeah. Oh well. Um, it's funny though, as well, because I haven't got it in front of me now. Just let me see if I can quickly get it. It's it's the things that Vettel's are for that make it. Even more interesting. Just bear me literally one second because I think I know where it is in my phone. Yeah. Running Felipe Massa off the road, British GP, last year. Malaysian GP causing a first corner incident with Nico Rosberg. Mexican GP moving under braking excessively in defence. And then obviously Azerbaijan potentially dangerous move on Hamilton. Mm. There is points up to now. Tut, tut, tut. Yeah. Um... But yeah, other people basically were saying very similar things uh, with slightly different points and things on it. But Craig Mitchell on Facebook said um, um, there should have possibly been parts of the track that were slower and introduced some curbs to slow it down a little. Uh, Might have been less accidents and debris in the first place to just to sort of say why they were having the issues in the first place, which considering turn eight that they took the curb away and made it a faster corner, I suppose there is a point there. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, they had uh, to stop the F2 race early because there was just a complete roadblock uh, yeah. up past the castle. So That was even after they'd taken the curb away, though, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. so um, um, Actually, in the Formula One, though, none of the... I don't think any of the accidents were up at Turn 8, were they? Not at Turn 8 itself, I don't think, no. Not that I can remember. No. I mean, there off were a few in practice. Obviously, we saw a few in practice. and quality. And qualifying. Oh, no, there, just yeah. practice. Just practice, yeah, mm. before they reprofiled it. But after they reprofiled it, no one seemed mm. to make any mistakes. Looks like they made it a lot easier after they reprofiled it, to be fair. Yeah, it seemed the, it seemed the Formula 1 guys adapted to it a lot better than the F2 guys as well, yeah. to, be, to be honest. There was a very clearly different line. Mm. Um, but that's another story um, he then also said as for Vettel he's effectively received no punishment his 10 second stop and go was a non was of no consequence and um, personally he's extremely upset that it was only issued after they gave Lewis a technical to come into the pits to replace the headrest um, but then on the other side it's an absolutely amazing result for Stroll and it must be bittersweet for him with Bottas pipping him on the line which is Fair point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then he also says, I don't think I've ever seen a car retire twice from a race. I bet Kimmy loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then again, there's also Perez. Perez had exactly the same fear yeah, as well, did didn't he? So, uh, yeah, so what happened there was um, they basically retired just before the safety car came out because uh, Raikkonen got a... He ran over debris before the second safety car. Uh, no, sorry, before the third safety car. And... <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, ripped his whole rear end of his car to bits. And Perez, um, well, Perez. Like, let's so let's talk about this Perez. Yeah, sort of uh, Ocon accident. Yeah. So what happened there was they were. It was almost a carbon copy of the lap one incident between uh, Bottas and Raikkonen. So uh, I think Ocon went down the inside, hit the curb, and unsettled the well, car. Well, it started with them. Um... Perez went one side of Vettel and Massa went the other down into turn one after the yeah. restart. Massa yeah. nearly got Vettel and he just about held on around the outside. Yeah. Um, and then as a result, yeah, the two force Indies were kind of up in behind them and ended up side by side. Um, I, I personally think Ocon could have given Perez more room in that scenario. It's just Perez was already there. It's, it's a little different to... The, it comes back to that Toro Rosso incident. In the Toro Rosso incident, the reason I think Kvyat's at fault is because he's charging up the inside into a gap that's not really there. In the other scenario, it's more Ocon tra- taking more road than he's entitled to. But it's, I don't know, it comes back to that Bottas and Raikkonen moment as well, doesn't it? It's, yeah, yeah. It's similar to that in a way. So. Yeah, well, I think well, if not for the curb, neither of those accidents would have happened. 
Yeah. There was there was space for a car there, but it involved hitting that curb, which is always going to bounce you mm. wide. Yeah. It was and <clears throat> so silly, though. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And they're teammates. They shouldn't be doing that as teammates. I think that's a that, that's a spillover from the last race, that is, the accident. Mm, yeah. I they, think it is. Yeah, quite possibly. I would say they definitely threw away a podium, maybe yeah. even a win, maybe even a one-two, the way the rest of the race yeah. went. Because yeah, yeah, if, if they'd have still been in the well, race after Hamilton and Vettel had their altercation and their various things, they would have been running 1-2. Then again, would we have had the altercation if it wasn't for them hitting each other, thus causing another safety car? Uh, that's a very good point. <laughs> well, well the, the, the altercation had already happened, hadn't it, at that point? Because that was, that was the second safety car period that it happened. Actually, yeah, it was. No, it had already happened, I think. Yeah, uh, had it. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of restarts. Oh, the time, there's too many restarts. <laughs> no, we barely got Absolutely to lap 23 crazy. at this point. Bearing in mind, we weren't even halfway. It took me three <laughs> hours to write up these notes about this race yesterday. Today, uh, today. <laughs> it's going to take us three hours to talk about them. Yeah, as well. I know. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, so that, so they collided with each other. Debris everywhere at this point, um, and Raikkonen runs over some of it. Loses, so rips the rear of the car to shreds. Um, Perez comes in, and also Ocon follows him into the pits. They lose a lap. The two, Raikkonen and Perez both lose a lap. And mm. I think they might even both lose two laps at this point. And then the the race is red flagged. So everyone yeah. comes in and they settle in the fast lane. They they'd effectively retired as well at that point. They'd lost a lap. And then both elected to retire at that yeah. point. But then the second the red flag came out, both teams tried to get both cars yeah. back out. Yeah. Which then ultimately led to them both getting a drive through because under yeah. red flag rules, any work must be done in the fast lane of the pits where everyone's parked. Yeah. So because they'd done it in the garage because of previously retiring, they both then went, <laughs> I think, another lap back down because they, they had to drive through. Um, which then meant what they were trying to achieve, which was if if more keeps happening, we'll eventually end up in tenth. Fair play, it's a, it's worth a shot. But then yeah. as you get in towards the end of the race, and everyone seems to have calmed down, they both obviously realise it's pointless and bring the cars in. Yeah, so uh, it was a oil leak that finished Raikkonen off, and Perez had steering steering issues, probably in relation to the wishbone yeah. that he got smashed up. Did he had, did he have a broken seat as well? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It was registered as registered as steering, but he did have a broken seat too. So maybe yeah. that's I don't know. Maybe maybe when you get a broken seat, they just call it steering issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should we see what everyone else said about the the big thing? Because we've, we've still got more of that. I've got more oh, of that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's we just got sidetracked by by bringing up the oh, yeah, um, go for it. Um, fashion DIY team said <laughs> just purely should have been disqualified. Road rage. <laughs> so that's it. Yeah, it's that, a nice, simple opinion yeah. that one. Concise, Based. my sentiments yeah. exactly. Um, Dan Hart from Ready Steady Cooked said, "Vettel is a cheat and always will be a cheat. <laughs> I will never forget Multi Twenty One. Um, <laughs> also proven that Lewis didn't break since um, he slowed down, ready for the restart, staying behind the safety car line. Uh, Seb has shown what we already knew from a few years ago: his true colours." Wow. Damning words from Not Dan. a fan then. Wow, not a fan. Any more? Yeah. Uh, oh, yes, there's uh, two more. Uh, Paul Kelsall, um, Prediction League member, says mm-hmm. he, sh- he should have received more. Lewis was the lead driver, so controls the pace, um, and it's up to Vettel behind him to keep behind him, and they call it a safety car for a reason. Huh. Uh, after trying to pretend it didn't happen, Vettel will end up with egg on his face after he sees it back. Again, I agree. And yeah, I think I can't disagree with any of that. And then my mum <laughs> said, <laughs> said it was definitely road rage from Vettel. He knows the front guy controls the restart and should have been more alert to his pace. Um, also, if that shunt is what caused Hamilton's headrest to dislodge and then have to pit, the penalty is he got is not enough because he still came out ahead of Hamilton. Well. Hang on a minute. I'd not like, even it's, thought it's, of that. It's it's an interesting point, but the headrest would have been removed afterwards anyway because he got out of the car. The red flag. Yeah, the yeah. red flag. 
So, but, Unfortunately, it's not. So, but yeah. but did the crash break it in the first place? This is the thing. Uh, because it's not if outside it, the realms of possibility. Yeah, it's a possibility. Uh, because One, another the, thing I was going to say that I, I remember thinking at the time and not really thinking anything of it is that Hamilton seemed to be very late getting back into his car for the restart after the red flag. I never noticed. To be he seemed to, he was like one of the last drivers to get in the car. Everyone else was settled in, and he was still like strolling around. Mm. Mm. So yeah, it, it could have been because it was a bit of a rush job. I suppose there is that. Possibly. Then again, I mean, I'm sure they will disassemble the entire uh, mm. assembly that makes up that and figure out exactly what was causing it, and it will never happen again. No Mercedes. Yeah. Um. In a way, I'm proud of Toto Wolf because as much as people tried to back him into a corner of admitting something that he couldn't confirm he stood quite firm even though he was a little annoyed and aggressive about it he stood quite firm of i will not blame anyone or anything until Mm. i know what has happened we are a team this is a team incident and we will look at the entirety of the team and once we know what's happened we'll do whatever we need to do yeah that's absolutely fair enough i think mm. i I, I never actually saw that interview but um... it was It was good old Ted Kravitz on Sky trying to push him for an answer, as he does. So uh, during the red flag period, um, I heard... We're not even halfway through the race. (laughs) No, we're not even halfway This is ridiculous. Um, So during the red flag period, uh, probably lots of people heard Ricardo saying, if we get a good restart, I think I can get him, which would, of course, be referring to the Williams... And indeed, on the restart, he did get them. Did he get them? He did. Oh. Um, so <laughs> and a Renault for good measure. Yeah, and a Renault. So the Renault actually got ahead of Ricardo on the main straight, but um, somehow Ricardo managed to outbreak all three of them, and he did yeah. three cars in one corner to move himself. They were sort of briefly formation flying, like the Williams are side by side, and Ricardo and <laughs> the which Renault was? Was it Hulkenberg? I think it was yeah. Hulkenberg. Yeah, it was the only one. Oh yeah, because. Palmer was, um, Palmer was probably gone. having a shower by that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was sort of two by two for a while, and then kind of as Hulkenberg tried to go to the right of the Williams, uh, Ricardo just went down to the left and seemed to break about fifty meters later than everyone else. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's yeah. so good on the brakes. He still that guy. made the corner. Like the way he yeah. made that corner sweet as well. That was there was such like a, a brief move. lock up of his inside front, and that was it. That was all the drama. Mm. Mm. Amazing really, move. Uh, absolutely the best move of the entire race for me but um uh just to to rattle through the rest of the race really quick because that was the <laughs> last sort of really major move um yeah. i thought so um massa then had a problem shortly after that um his car just tumbled down the order and then eventually to retirement um, it was a um it was a rear wishbone i think wasn't it in the end or a rear damper maybe yeah, yeah it was it was a, it was something in the rear um suspension to some yeah, degree you could see the car they were testing it as well as soon as he came in they were testing it um him the chief engineer and stuff and oh they, yeah they were like they, pushing they, on either side yeah they? and they, yeah. they called it while he was in there um magnuson did a ricardo and took two cars into turn one himself yeah, yeah. great um, place for overtaking yeah um, loads of moves do we know how many moves there were over the race we do know that have a have a wild guess so i think previous races we've like in the forties, I think were the highest we've had in previous. Like I think China maybe was in the forties. Is it going to be really high and as not expected to be as high as it was? Like ridiculously high. Take a wild guess. Because I it it right it depends because Ricardo going into a corner and taking three cars to me is immediately three overtakes. So based on that principle of multiple people doing that thing, then sixty. Excuse you, you want to guess? I'm going to go fifty. <laughs> 137. Whoa! What? Who said yes. there's no overtaking in Formula 1? <laughs> right? And we were all panicking about aero rules. Just give, just put loads of long, long straights into the, into the track. <laughs> we'll get loads the, of weird part, the weird part is it says only 25 are with DRS, which wow. seems very strange. It's That is, though, that's the DRS doing its proper job of putting someone in the position to make a move and then them finishing it, really, isn't it? But yeah. Into turn one, more than likely. And then the other bit, which was the back straight, wasn't it? The other long one. I actually assumed that figure was like an error with this website, but I looked it up and I've seen it from a couple of sources. And it is actually the record for the most number of overtakes in a Grand Prix ever, apparently. Wow. Insane. Wow. Yeah, another record. reason for this one to be remembered yeah, forever. It's one yep. for the ages, isn't it? It's absolutely one for the history books, this. Yeah. Um, 
so uh, yeah, that so that was Magnuson's overtakes. Um, Hulkenberg, we've already mentioned, retired. Yeah, um, he Jeff injected it. Jeffing Jeff is he front Jeff and right. Jeff is front Jeff right um, Jeff his front Jeff and his front Jeff right <laughs> it was his, sorry he Jeffing Jeff his Jeffing right Jeff Jeff front Jeff yeah <laughs> uh, Bottas got to work scything his way through the field at this point um, yeah, uh, yeah he was um, on fire yeah he was he was down still quite far down at that point I think um, in tenth or something like that around there maybe even at the I love how. I love how, in the grand scheme of things, where the number of cars had been had dwindled down so much that tenth is a long way down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and around this time, this is when Hamilton had to pit, and uh, Vettel got his yeah. penalties. So in in all that, um, Vettel came out. Uh, sorry, Hamilton came out behind Bottas in ninth. Then he overtook Sainz for eighth, and this was while Vettel was serving his penalty, and mm. Vettel came out in seventh. And then it was, yeah, it was just the finish for Ocon between them, I think, wasn't it, when they when he came out? Yeah. Yeah. Vettel came out just in front of Ocon. No, it was... Yeah. I want to say it was Ocon. No, so, actually, I think it was Perez. I think Ocon was actually running... Someone, some, it was somebody who was down a lap at that point. Yeah. Because it was a lapped car that had to move out of the way. So I think it's it probably could, Perez then. It, it could have Perez. been... It was Perez. Had he not re-retired at that point? Oh, possibly. Maybe not, that was just before he did re-retire. Not quite. It was just before. Yeah. It was a little bit before. But it, 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 for sure <sighs> so was much went on. Perez, yeah. Um, so at this point, after those two uh, pit stops and that penalty, uh, Ricardo has gone from 17th on the road on lap five to first place. <laughs> yeah. But by, by some... Somehow never, he's... he's and he, we didn't he never really wins see, easily, does he, Ricardo? No, he no. doesn't. Other than the other than the big overtakes that he made as well, we didn't really see him like cutting through the field in the same way we saw Bottas no. go through. I think there so was it, so much else going on; they didn't bother really looking at him that much. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'd love, I'd love to see an onboard of Ricardo's race. Yeah, yeah. Just the whole. I'd sit for like two hours and just watch the whole thing. <laughs> um, so Stroll runs second, but he's overtaken by Bottas on the run to the finish line and finishes third by a whisker oh. after being one lap down. After Bottas was one lap down on lap three, so again another stellar drive from Bottas to get himself. And and her. sort of in all of that as well, we had we had Ocon running on in a podium position for a while. We had Stroll running a podium position. I think we yeah. had Magnussen Magnussen up there for a while. There it was, was there was a moment where I looked at it and it was like Ricciardo, Stroll, Magnussen. Yeah, and I, I sent a message to to Stu at the time and I said. What Stroll and Magnussen? It's just dawned on me yeah. where they are and where <laughs> yeah, they could potentially finish this race. This is insane. It was, it was again. There was so much going on with the Hamilton Vettel situation that you just forgot all these guys yeah. quietly yeah. like popping up at the sharp end. Yeah. So uh, Magnussen ran third, ran in third for a time, but was caught by the faster Force India of mm. Ocon and the much faster Ferrari and Mercedes of Vettel and Hamilton. Um, Magnussen eventually came home in seventh. Still a pretty decent result yeah, yeah. good result um, Vettel and Hamilton fought their way through the field and they brought it home in 4th and 5th respectively um, and round out the ta- top 10 we had Sainz Alonso and Verline um, giving McLaren their first points of the season in what was a pretty quiet mm-hmm. race for McLaren it was actually yeah that sort of uh, tootled round kept the noses clean yeah, yeah. I interesting think, um, little radio message from Alonso at one point which is yeah. another piece of radio gold from him of to think we could have won this race. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people didn't yeah. realise the sarcasm in his voice saying, if you didn't give me an engine that was a piece of shit, I yeah, could have he won actually, this race. He actually clarified that later on. He, he sort of, I think it was journalist asked him and he said, yeah, we were right right behind. Or I think he said we were ahead of Ricardo at one point. And yeah. from that position, we should have gone on to win the race. Yeah, McLaren actually could have got a double points finish, but uh, Van Dorn had to make a late, uh, tire change for some reason. Yeah, yeah, he did. Um, I know it was quite close to the to the Sauber at the end, but they had a little bit of a falling out as well. Um, Ericsson was holding the position behind yeah. Alonso at one point, and they swapped because I believe uh, it, yeah. I can't remember the exact details, but they swapped them round because Verline was on a better tire or something, and yeah, had an opportunity so. to have a go at Alonso to try and take some points off McLaren to to keep the lead in front of them, and. They said, right, let Verline through. If it's not working, we'll let you back past. But then 
Van Dorn was on the back of them. So when it came to the point where they should have swapped back to give Ericsson 10th back, they couldn't afford to do it because they'd have potentially let yeah. um, Van Dorn through and then lost even more. So Ericsson's not a happy boy. No, for sure. It's always the risk when you do that, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking of radio messages, there was an interesting one also from Hamilton to the team where he was basically requesting them drop uh, Bottas back into the path of Vettel to uh, give yeah. him some bad wake. I've yeah. seen a lot of people online losing their minds over this and how no journalists are covering it. You know, I mean, you spend five minutes on any Formula One website and you all the people who hate everything Hamilton does come out. And they're all losing their minds over this. That like, oh, why are no journalists talking about this? There's everybody favors Hamilton. Like, well, all he did was ask if that would be possible, and yeah, that and he said no. No, he's busy. On. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that was it. He's not like he and, and it was exactly the right it. thing from the team to do. They yeah, said totally. Any other time, Hamilton, like we'd do, we'd have done it for you, Lewis. But he has a chance at second, and we've got to think yeah. about two points here. And, and yeah, exactly, it paid off. Absolutely the right so, decision. It was yeah, and and what a finish it gave us. Yeah, yeah. Over the line, but us by oh. a tenth of a and second. Do you know the worst thing of all this? I think this whole Vettel Hamilton situation is that I think it really overshadows what is a really good solid drive from someone who's taken a lot of stick from us and pretty much everyone in the F1 world, Lance Stroll. Yeah, do you know yeah. what? I was about because to say exactly that. I we've given he, him a there fair was a bit solid drive for for that and. I don't know whether it's Canada and getting in the points at his home race that's maybe just instill. We said, didn't we? It could instill some confidence in him, and let's hope mm. it does. And I think maybe it has because yeah. he was he well, was racing it. with his teammate tit for tat all race until Massa had to drop out. Yeah, I mean, and he was on the back of Ricardo for quite a while as well. He was he was keeping him yeah, on for as much as he could. And especially so, as like you know, like you say, after all this stick he's had, a lot of people put him under pressure. He's had a you know a shoddy start to the season for one reason or another. To then find himself suddenly running in second on what's a pretty difficult track with the three fastest cars on the grid bearing down on him, two of yeah. which were on significantly newer tires. He could so easily have lost his head and stuck it in yeah. a wall. Yeah, that's it. Uh, I yeah, think I mean. Five, I, Five races ago, he probably would have. Yeah, and quite possibly. Yeah, I think earlier in the season he would have. But his his dad made a really good point when they were talking to his dad afterwards, and he was like saying, "People forget this is his eighth ever race. It's not. Yeah, he's not been doing it that long, and he made quite a big jump. Yeah, in totally. The formula that he moved he moved from. So to have a potential world champion, let's say in Bottas, or at least someone win with a good shout, mm-hmm. and then two multiple world champions all in your rear view mirrors going into a turn like that turn eight in up into the hill it's like you've got to have some wits about you to yeah. to keep your head in that scenario i think i think we certainly have to i think a lot of f1 journalists as well sort of you know hold their hands up and say good on him a lot of us yeah. didn't think he yeah. had that in him but as, as long as he can continue it and he can continue that good run of form i will happily take back yep. any any things we may have said about him previously. It was also really nice to see sort of a lot of other drivers going and congratulating him afterwards. Yeah, that as well. was an awesome moment watching yeah. people like Alonso and Hamilton go up to him and yeah. you know saying, "Well done, man! You've you've and done a good job." There. On the podium, he looked like a kid. At, well, I mean, he's a kid. Well, he's he like a kid. A kid at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised they gave him the champagne. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you know what was also really nice is to see three drivers that were genuinely pleased to be on a podium in the position that they were in. Yeah. Um, Ooh, just, like, just while we're on Lance Stroll, um, for those for those listeners that don't know Lance Stroll very well, um, he's his 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 career is basically Formula Three in 2015 and 16, and then Formula One. So yeah, it's a big jump, massive yeah, jump, massive jump. And he did really really well in uh, in 2016 as well. He a lot of podiums. To to point out as well, just for people that are slightly aware of the lower formulas or maybe even not aware, you've got to remember that it's Formula One. The feeder to that is technically Formula Two, which was GP two. The feeder to which is or was well still is GP three. And then Formula Three is probably somewhere just underneath that. So he's kind of skipped two categories, I would mm. say, to, to, to make yeah. the jump that he has, which a lot of people, I think is why he's come under a lot of scrutiny for 
the mistakes that he had made yeah. early on because it was have we moved him too far too quickly mm. it's the same um, jump um verstappen made in fact yeah, yeah it, is. it is and i think the difference was that well then again verstappen had his moments didn't he during his first year at toro rosso like places yeah. like Monaco and stuff, he doesn't yeah, get true. on with that turn up going up to Casino at Monaco. No. <laughs> so, yeah. mm. um, speaking of there being three very genuinely happy people on the podium, uh, the last time there's a car that wasn't a Mercedes, Ferrari, or Red Bull on the podium, do you want to have a guess actually? How long it's been since we had a podium that included a non Mercedes Ferrari Red Bull I know that the last podium for Williams before this weekend was Canada the previous year last year which was Bottas I think wasn't it Um, so it's within it must be within the last year if it was or is it that one pretty much exactly a year it was Baku last year Perez came third oh yeah Perez Ah, yeah yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that so you've had an entire year of only Mercedes Ferrari and Red Bulls on the podium Uh, and one unfortunate statistic, just while you mentioned Perez, is that he has now finally ended his streak of 37 consecutive race finishes. Yeah, he was only a few away from beating. I think it's Nick Heidfeld holds the yeah. record for that. He was only a few so, away from beating him. I think I think Heidfeld's something like 41, 42, something like I want that. To yeah, say. he's not far in front of that. But yeah, that is over. Uh, this is also the first podium since Spain 2003 that doesn't include Hamilton, Vettel, or Rosberg. Wow. An 80 race streak that one of the three of them was on the podium. Wow. Um, Vettel has never won from outside the top three on the grid. Ricardo has never won from inside the top three. (laughs) 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 Which says a lot about Ricardo's wins. Yeah. Wow. Uh, And then finally, Ferrari had the fastest pit stop for certainly the first time this season. And I don't remember the last time they had fastest pit stop, actually. Uh, Vettel had a 2.62 second stop. Mm. And I think that is all the random stats I have for you. Generally, a little, little bit on the slower side, haven't they this season? The uh, the pit stops, just I guess because a of the smidgen, size, yeah. the bulk, the bulk of the new tires is probably what's slowing yeah. down a bit. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, we need to pick a driver of the day, fellas. Who are we going to give it to? Mm. We've got. We've That's got a podium's tricky. worth of choices because everyone who was on that podium. Hey, I think. Yeah, I think any any three of the. Sorry, any one of the three on the podium is worthy of drive of the day, I think. Um, The only reason I think Bottas needs a question mark on him is because of the early incident with Raikkonen. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Then again, he he turned it round, but he he wouldn't have been in that position. And I think it was you who at one point, last race, you said, it's kind of the the whole point of the drive of the day is that, you know, you, you... putting in a good shift and you're not putting a foot wrong kind of thing so that's the only reason that for me Bottas is a little questionable however, the day. however but if you take that out of the equation I will Chris. say I think was it 20, Canada 2011 when Jensen won from the back having had a nightmare mm. of a day true you'd have given him driver of the day that race I think if Bottas had finished true. one position higher we'd have been talking about this as one of the great drivers of all time certainly it's, in the same leagues as that but in Canada win and it's it's the same as why I think Danny Rick's a candidate for it because he came from virtually yeah. the back after early issues. That, but I, like I say, it's, it's a weird one because the, the issues for Danny Rick weren't directly his fault no. that I'm aware of. So, and obviously Lance Stroll's yeah. a candidate. He won the official Formula yeah. One vote, um, yeah. which I think is fair, just considering where he's come from already to to keep his head in the situation yeah, totally. he was in. So yeah. oh, it's I so think, hard. Honestly, I think I've got to go for Bottas. As as impressive as um, Stroll and Ricardo were, they both inherited a certain chunk of what they uh, achieved. I mean, oh, yeah, they had to keep their heads and keep it clean, or whatever, when everyone else yeah. was falling apart. But I, they still sort of inherited things. Whereas Bottas had to work for an awful lot of what he got. So I'm I'm going Bottas personally. Mm. I'm gonna have to apologise for the boy Stroll for being so mean about him originally at the beginning yeah. of the season and give it him <laughs> just because depending on how this turns his career we may not get another opportunity but us will get other, other opportunities um, mine um, you know what I'm going to hang this parliament yet again I'm going to say <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's Danny Ricardo for me um, I, it, to, to, to be back where he was 17th on the road 
on lap five to, to work his way yeah. through and keep his nose clean the way he did and some of the moves he made on the way there um, it's got to be Danny alright how about this if you had to pick one of the other two Stu who would you pick if I had to pick one of the other two I would probably pick Bottas how about you Tom if, you, oh, if, if I had to pick Stroll. one of the other two I had, I'd have picked Danny Rick oh. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to say I, you'd have picked Stroll I absolutely <laughs> would yeah that's not worked wow <laughs> Well, it's it's a dead uh, heat then. Yeah, we'll have to agree to disagree on that one. The entire podium gets driver of the day. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Unprecedented, but let's do it. Move of the day. There's only one really, isn't there? It's yeah. the big one from Danny. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, Magnussen had his double overtaking to turn one, but as we said, Massa was kind of nursing a broken car at that point. Mm. In fact, he was bouncing up and down down the street. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It's Gobby Ricardo, yeah. Yeah. A, th- yeah. a three three overtake from the back. It, yeah. Cool. And uh yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um Tom, you on board with that one? Oh yeah, definitely. Can't argue with that at all. Cool, cool, cool. So uh my favourite part of the podcast. Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? How fitting. Yeah, how fitting. How very fitting, fitting Sebastian. Yeah. Um Well, i mean there can only be one, can't there, surely? Oh. It's gotta be. I, I think mean, it does. I think Honourable mention for the Ocon Perez, just yeah, that was pfft, silly. Almost more, you could almost argue, argue more costly. In the the team lost, yeah, yeah, two well, like two potential podium positions. Yeah, um, I've already had my moan about the marshals, so I won't mention them anymore. The marshals all weekend on this. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, <laughs> that's that's Chris. Isn't they it? were so bad. <laughs> I saw at one point. That when they were on the track picking up debris, one of them just ran across and booted the bit of debris across. Like, pick it up! Oh, Booting it's yeah. not going to help. What a muppet. <sighs> but yeah, um, it's, it's Vettel. It's, it's Vettel. Yeah, it's got to be Vettel's move. Well, Vettel's move. Vettel's I think it's the whole thing. It's it's not just the move, it's, it's the, debacle, the denying it, it afterwards yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Mm. Yeah. The general idiocy. Yeah. Yep. So we're agreed on that one. That's Vettel on Hamilton course slamming into the back of him then slamming into the side of him um predictions league gentlemen yeah i mean i'm amazed people have scored as many points as they did to be honest yeah well after that race i I would when just just to quickly like go into this but when palmer retired i was like wow that's a lot of green gone on the board (laughs) (laughs) nobody had faith in that car this the only thing is Stu, you're the only one that got it so far in advance two of the other Palmer predictions were given to us, I believe, Saturday morning. So, right. I'll say this. I've not scrolled down to look at the table yet. I'm going to guess no one got the winner. Oh, look. No No one got the winner. Um, We did. uh, I'm amazed how close I was to the number of finishers. I thought I was going to be a mile off with the number of finishers, but. um, I was so willing. Way too optimistic. I I was so willing. Yeah, I, I was so willing that Raikkonen just stuck it out to the end yeah. because that'd have that'd have at least given you the the uh, the full point. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of willing him on for you, Stu. But yeah, no. it would have been nice. Do you want to do, you want to do all the predictions, Stu, or do you want one of someone else to talk for a bit? Um, you can go through them. One of you guys can go through them if you like. Go on, then I'll yeah. run through it this time. Uh, so pole position, all three of us said Hamilton, uh, as did Ika, which is obviously right. Uh. Yeah, the winner, everyone said either Hamilton or Vettel, which obviously didn't come off, <laughs> didn't make the podium. Uh, first retirement, as we said, was Palmer, uh, Stu, Dat's Life, and Ika all got that correct. Paul Kelso said Raikkonen, and that was almost he, not that when, far off. Weirdly. When he sent that in, he said, I'm going to go really left field this week. And obviously, he said Bottas for Paul, as you guys can see. Yeah. Hamilton, which wasn't really that left field for the win. Raikkonen on the first retirement, which I think he was just trying to channel my spirit of when I called it the other week. Yeah. Um, number of finishes, though, like you say, it was it was almost there. I went with 14, same as Stu. Yeah, it's actually 13. Stu and Paul got that right. I was way off with 17. Yeah. Yeah, too optimistic. Uh, and then the rest of us all said 15. Yeah. Um, and then Alonso. Um, again, Tom being super optimistic, saying 10th, he actually finished 9th. Nobody else it's, had him anywhere near the It's points. such a shame that I only get a half a point for that. It, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> them's the rules. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, just for Alonso's sake, like, I was the only one to have faith in him, bless him, and he did it. He did be proud. Uh, so that 
means Ike got two points. Uh, Paul Kelsall got half a point. That's Life got a point. Stu got two and a half points. Tub got one and a half, and I only got the one. Uh, so that means Ika's still at the bottom, but she's close up on Paul. She's on four and a half. Paul is on five. That's Life on six and a half. Stewie's up to 10 points now. Uh, only one behind me on 11. And Tommy's still out in the lead on 15 and a half. It's getting really close, isn't it? It's, it's quite tight, yeah. This. yeah. It's like there's, there's, there's the listener group, which in fairness to them, they've not partaken in every single race due to joining at different times. But then Stu's, Stu's won the last two weekends, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, Stu's really weekends. caught me up. That's life of hanging Big on to our heels, though. Actually, no, yeah. everyone's hanging on to our heels, to be honest. Yeah, it's really yeah, close it between go, those three guys. Anyway, we're not even halfway through the season yet, either. We need no. you to have a really bad week at some point, Tom. Yeah, yeah it'll happen. <laughs> it'll happen. With, with optimism like Alonso finishing 10th when he's on random driver, I think that I will fall up eventually on stuff like that. <laughs> Although, now, now we've had two Honda engines make it to the end of a race, that is going to make... Stuff like that, interesting. Just to point out, the Honda engine that was in Alonso's car during FP1 is apparently going in the back of the car for Austria, officially. Ah, interesting. Austria, so he'll have some more grid penalties, more than likely, but he will have a better car. So watch this space, guys. Yeah. <laughs> so I, f- I think that just about covers everything. Have we, just about. Are we happy? All, all yeah. got across Marathon. everything we wanted to say. <laughs> yeah, I'd just mention that, obviously, if people want to join in with Predictions League, they can find us on the Twitter, which yeah. is Back of the Grid F1. They can find yeah. us on Facebook by searching for Back of the Grid. They can go to backofthegrid.com and go into the Predictions League section and comment on the articles there. Um, or they can contact any of us directly. I'm TomKing89 on Twitter. Stu is Stu underscore... PX. PX. Yeah. There we go. I got Nailed it. it. And Chris is TNM Chris. Yep. Just quickly, thanks to everyone who um, sent in their sort of comments and thoughts as well. Yes. That was really good. You all uh, enjoyed that. I think we'll maybe try and pick a bit of a talking point every race if there is one uh, that you can get mm-hmm. involved with. And if not, just send in thoughts and comments and whatever. It's nice to have. Yeah. Yeah. It's a two-way, two-way street. It's a conversation. Yeah. It's a conversation. Sending comment. Get on show. Yeah. yeah. Um, the <laughs> next race will be the Formula 1's Grosse Preis von Österreich. Which means wow. you've been practicing that. Which I haven't. I just read it. Um, <laughs> which which means it's at the Red Bull Ring in Austria, of course. Um, <laughs> but we'll be back before then to make our predictions and to update you on all the goings on in the world of Formula One. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye, everyone.